Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, fellow feline friends. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I wanted to do something a little bit different. I get I get asked questions by publications all the time, and uh, Rover actually asked me a bunch of questions. I don't know if they ended up uh, publishing it or not, but I thought they were just good general cat behavior questions that I, I wanted to share with you. So we'll dive into that. First, they say, why do cats engage in behaviors we might view as undesirable? Well, the most common reason that cats exhibit behaviors that we don't like is because we're failing to provide them opportunities to perform their natural behaviors. You know, cats aren't bad or spiteful. They don't they don't pee in your shoes because they're mad at you. Most of their actions are really completely natural to their species. And yes, it includes peeing in your shoes. If they're peeing in your shoes, there's something wrong. Not with them, but could be medical. Could be they don't like the litter box. Any number of things about the litter box. It could be there's been some recent trauma. Could be that's a territorial marker. Any number of things. But it's not spiteful and it's not bad it's natural under the circumstances the the key is to finding the circumstances that's providing the behavior that you find undesirable you know when i do behavior modification plans i i always try to find ways for the cat to complete its fundamental actions you know that are acceptable to both you and your cat not not just you because it's also about the cat. Second question they ask is, what are some of the triggers of these undesirable behaviors? Well, some of the most common triggers would be just captivity in general, pain, insufficient space, right? Either overcrowding or just not enough space that the cat has access to. Boredom, that's a big one. And you know, related to that, lack of mental stimulation and problem-solving opportunities, um, unappealing litter box setup, like I said earlier, poor nutrition, absence of that hunting simulation sequence, feelings of an unstable or unpredictable environment and or caretakers. If they find you unpredictable, that gets stressful too. And, you know, maybe inadequate setup for scratching and climbing and absence of social relationships even. And, of course, feeling as though their territory is threatened is a, is a big one. I know that's a long list, but any, any one or multiple combination of those things can cause a cat to act in ways that we say are undesirable, but they're perfectly natural. The next question is, can cats be encouraged or discouraged from certain behaviors? 
Absolutely. Cats actually respond very well to deterrence, but only if we're using them along with providing the cat an alternative, right? The alternative is the thing that we encourage them to do, and the deterrent is the thing that discourages their actions. And we actually covered this on a recent webinar on catifying your environment and still keeping cats off certain things. There was, there's real good information in there about using deterrence. Basically, to deter a cat, you have to show it what you want it to do instead. So if you think, do this, not that. Scratch here, not there. Climb here, not there. That, that's kind of how you encourage and and of course positive reinforcement is is huge that's how we encourage the behaviors we want to see more of and we ignore the behaviors we don't want to see that's kind of a tricky little formula but absolutely cats can be encouraged and discouraged from certain behaviors she asks when might pet parents feel like they need to discipline their cat Wow. Well, I hope never because discipline simply doesn't work well on cats. You know, cats have evolved as a solitary species, and so they lack any sort of real social hierarchy. And that means they're really not inclined to be motivated to please us. They don't see us like a pack leader like dogs do. So if we show any form of dislike for their behavior, like yelling at them or squirting them with water, they just simply don't understand why we are suddenly acting all loud and unpredictable. Now, a dog will understand that the pack leader is unhappy with them and is going to be a whole lot more likely to not repeat the behavior because it's important to a dog to please the pack leader. But cats will just simply tend to to avoid us or hide, you know, and and just become reduce like their overall activity because they're frightened of our erratic behavior. And we certainly don't want that. So I don't recommend disciplining your cat at all. They just don't respond to it. Then she asks, please outline some techniques for redirection, ignoring things like that. Um, should some of those kinds of things be avoided? And if so, why? So cats, like I said, respond best to positive reinforcement. If you simply reward the behaviors you want to see more of and ignore the ones you want to fade, then that's what works the best. But of course, that's not going to work well if there's an environmental issue like a litter box that hasn't been scooped in a week. That's not that's not going to make the cat use the litter box, right? <laughs> no matter no matter how much positive reinforcement you do, that you, you still got to do the rest of the environmental, you know, um, enhancement type of work. But the reward a cat responds to best is a knock your socks off treat, right? Which is why we always talk about Vitacraft's Lickin' Lap, because there really, really, really is a difference between that treat and other treats. I don't know what it is, but trust me, I've tried a thousand different treats with to motivate cats in shelters, and that stuff, I, I don't know, it's just crazy. It is the best. That is the thing, the reward that cats respond to best, food absolutely is. 
you know, they, they tend to be motivated out of their comfort zone for that super yummy treat. We use it in the shelter with cats who are very uncomfortable and they back themselves into the smallest tightest corner hoping nobody will notice them and in order to get them out they have to we have to get them to step out of their comfort zone and really that's what those really super knock your socks off treats that's where they they come in you know and and smaller treats because you want to be able to reward them to positively reinforce their good behavior frequently that's the other key it can't just it's not a one and done thing so you need little tiny treats which is also why I like the lick and lap because it's a, a liquid that you squish up squeeze up out of the packets and that's a really easy way to dispense just a little bit of it and, and you can also clicker train to behaviors. You know, that's another tool of positive reinforcement, you know, and, and that can work as well. Um, I do think there are some deterrents, you know, remote noisemakers, things like that, that can work. But again, you should not have deterrence without showing the cat what you want it to do instead. And we do cover a lot of those in detail in different categories in that uh, YouTube webinar I was telling you about. So she asks, why should verbal or physical discipline always be avoided? Well, you definitely never want to yell at your cat, and you certainly never want to physically strike it. We don't want physical discipline. A cat's just, again, like I said, going to simply find you scary and unpredictable. Routine and ritual are so important to a cat's sense of control. So if you have to deter the cat or discipline it, we'll call it, we'll use their word and call it that. Always use a remote deterrent that can't be linked to you. There's remote control noisemakers. There's these sonic sound mats. There's these air cans that are, that are motion controlled that just does a blast of air. And all those things work 24 seven. Cause the other thing is when you use you, as the deterrent yelling or spraying water or stuff like that, the cat quickly, quickly learns that that only happens when you're home. So they just do it when you're not there if they really want to. I kind of have that problem now, actually, even though I did use the remote noise deterrent, it still is something that I have to push the button. And and so I taught Pico to stay off this particular island in the kitchen where we're preparing food using that remote noise deterrent. But he knows that it still only happens when I'm home. And so I can watch through the little cat cam, you know, when we leave home, when we're about to come home, he senses it and he jumps up on that island and sits there and waits for me where he's not supposed to be. <laughs> and so they're pretty, pretty smart. So... She says, is a boop on the nose okay or not? I mean, I, I you know, a, a light, very, very, very light touch. Really, if you hold your finger out and let the cat put its nose to your finger, I like to call that a boop. And that's a certainly an endearing gesture. As long as you're not, you know, bopping them, I definitely would not, as a means of punishment, ever recommend you boop your cat anywhere, nose or otherwise, right? Because it's just, 
No, we don't do any kind of physical. A, a boop because it's cute. Yes, a boop because it's trying to say no. Stop doing that. No, don't don't ever touch your cat to try to deter them from anything. The next question: Which behaviors might an owner want to monitor? and develop a disciplinary response for such as aggression or destructive behavior. And and again, I I just don't believe in disciplinary responses for cats. They just simply don't understand them. And now that I'm reading through these questions, this might be why they never published it. I, I didn't encourage disciplining cats. <laughs> when you're trying to modify a cat's behavior, you know, you need to show it what you want it to do instead. Just like I said, do this, not that. Which means you need to be responsible for figuring out what the natural behavior cat is trying to do and provide an acceptable outlet for it, right? So if the cat's clawing the back of the sofa, why is it clawing the sofa and not that little scratching post? Well, maybe it's because the scratching post is too short and the cat needs a full-on stretch to really satisfy its scratching. So you need to get a taller scratching post. Maybe it prefers to scratch horizontally. You know, you've, you've got to figure that out and try to figure out why is the cat. If you just in your mind think the cat is always doing natural behavior, and then you go, why? Why are they doing that annoying natural behavior on my couch? Why is Pico annoying me by jumping up on the island? Well, because that's the highest spot in the room where he can see the front door clearly. So I need to put another climbing bed in that spot so he can be in the bed and see the front door. She asks, should things like blanket sucking and house soiling be disciplined? Well, I think she's talking about wool suckling, and that's a natural behavior for some cats. It, it mimics nursing, right? It soothes and calms them. And I really, I, I actually get asked that a lot. And no, I don't recommend trying to stop that instinctive behavior unless it's just so annoying you can't stand it. But give them something of their own, some real nubby textured thing to suckle on instead of whatever they're suckling on that's annoying you. But I wouldn't try to correct that because I, I think too, there's some theory that some cats that were separated from their mom that were weaned too young, that that might be why they're doing it. Again, it's a behavior that they do that, that calms them and provides them soothing and comfort. So why would we wanna stop that? I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. And of course, if your cat is not using the litter box, there's going to be some very specific reasons why. You know, if it's underlying medical issues, those are often at the root of litter box avoidance. But dislike for the box, trauma, stress, territorial marking, that could also be happening. It's real important to get to the root of the cause as quickly as possible and help your cat, right? So... You need to figure out why isn't the cat using the litter box and fix that. You can't rub your cat's nose in it and spank him on the behind and tell him, no, you don't go there and then put them in the litter box and think they're going to ever be able to make any connection whatsoever. And then her final question is, what's the best approach for training cats and why? When should owners speak to a veterinarian or behaviorist or trainer? 
So again, the most effective approach to training cats is positive reinforcement, simply rewarding the behaviors you like and ignoring the ones you don't. And, you know, obviously that doesn't work well with issues like house soiling because, you know, medical issues could be the problem for that or you have a, a, a really ugly litter box, right? So, and it's also important to remember cats aren't going to change their behavior for a ho-hum reward. You need to use a treat that's really, really, really motivating for them. And clicker training, Right. Clicker training is one of the best things you can do for your cat because cats love super yummy treats and they quickly identify if your timing is right, what behavior they did to make the treat come. And then they do more of it because they want more treat. Ah, if I reach my paw up and high five her, I get a treat. That's awesome. I'm going to do more of that. So. If I claw the scratching post, she comes over with catnip, and I love the catnip, then I'm going to claw the scratching post more. So think about it that way, rewarding the things you want to see more of and ignoring those behaviors that you want to fade. I hope that helped and uh, was an interesting episode. And you can help us in another way. Head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe, please. That would really help us out. Also, head over to our store, catbehaviorsolutions.org, the Behavior Boutique. We have lots of really great products for your cat, and all proceeds go to benefit the nonprofit. We are a 100% volunteer-run organization. No one takes salaries out of Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio. All we have are expenses. So we could use your help, buy some products for your cat and know that all that money is going to do good. And we're doing all this free because we want to help you bond better with your cat and take better care of them. And we're going to keep doing that as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.